Nerds International proudly presents Coming at you live from the consciousness of a nanobot, it's me, Nick Lambslice. Me, James Pumpkin. And me, Harrison Hunt, aka Quango. And we are the, the Tabletop Twats. Yes, mate. We're mate. back once again. Yes. We're always back. Every time we come back, we're, we're back. back. We're back like a vertebrae. We are back. All right, but we've got loads of features today, right? But um, I just, I'm not going to introduce him myself today, right? I've, my cousin, right? He's recently lost his job, okay? And I wanted to give him, I wanted to give him something to do, right? Uh, so I'm going to get him to introduce the segments yeah. All right. So um, I'm gonna get my cousin to come in, right? Get him out of the garden. And uh, he's a bit of um, he's a bit of an oddball. Is my cousin Espy? His name's Espy. It's I know it's a bit of a weird name. SBF. It sounds Irish. Yeah. 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 Well, he's an Irish dude, and um, yeah, he's he's a bit of an oddball. Uh, he's lost his job because he got sacked because he's a bit of a weird one. So just just bear with him, right? So um, yeah, I'll, I'll get him in. Espy, mate, you can come in. <laughs> I'm here to introduce the bloody features. <laughs> all right, mate, just calm down, all right? Just just introduce the features. Yeah. All right, so we've got feedback side. Yep. What you slaying? Yep. Yeah. And uh, the main subject. Yep. And uh, give me something to fuck. I want to fuck oh, something. Get out, get no, out. No, get out, right, get right. Out, you, get right, out. SP, that's right. it. You'll never work in a fucking RPG business again. Right, shut up. Get out. I told you, I told you that you can't just fuck everything you see, okay? That's not how it works. Do you want to see a dick pic? Well, get out! Alright, I'm sorry about that, guys. Well, okay. I'm sorry. sorry. And failed, so... Yeah, I mean, you've got to give him a chance, haven't you? No no new new guests. He's he's always doing that. He's always doing that. I mean, but he promised me he wouldn't. He promised me he wouldn't. I'm so sorry. Well, it was a nice idea. Anyway, um, so yeah, we got the feedback side. We got what you've been saying. We got the main subject, which this time is going to be beneath the inverted church. And then we got game design guys. We got the competition. We got the video game gazebo, and we got electro letters followed by the outro. This show is so jam packed, right? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. It would make jam blush. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there's a competition this time where we're going to do a giveaway. So just you know, stay tuned. About bloody times. Exactly. Yeah. So let's get on to the feedback, motherfuckers. <laughs> the feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback section. Feedback oh. Alright, so here we are in the feedback side where we read your feedback. And the first one comes in from Nick Sands, and this is recording uh, just the Tabletop Twats podcast. And he says, Alas, the language is a put off for wanting to listen to much of this. So I'll pass on it, I'm afraid. Hard to listen to stuff like that with a kid around, especially when I'm trying to get into gaming, as they've shown an interest in getting into the hobby and want to absorb lots of stuff. Well, that's a fucking shame, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's. Yeah, you know, 
when you when you listen to a show called Tabletop Twats, it's funny that it's going to have bad language in it's it, weird, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe don't put that that on around your child. Oh, I man. mean, Jesus Christ! How? how we're sorry. Okay, to, I was going to get a bit we're Sorry to see you go, Nick. It is a shame. Ah, do you know what? When he commented on that on Facebook, I sent him our Family Games episode oh, and God. said maybe you should give that one a go, which famously is the one where we pretended it was about family games and, and it was about a sex game. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a shame, but yeah, we well, like you said, title pretty much. It says it says it all. On. It literally it literally says it all. I'm I mean, sure even has, on it yeah, as well. it even has like the explicit tag on it. Well, we've right. explicitly said many times it's it's not for children. <laughs> <laughs> so um it's enough on that already maybe be a bit more perceptive in future mate uh, sorry yep. next one comes in from Stephen Murrish regarding foreign beggars and he said I always look forward to these and I'm thoroughly entertained every time I listen you guys have a real winner here love the way the GM's GM and the players play I think he's really understood uh what an RPG is yep there's cer- certain, certainly done that but yep. yeah thank you very much mate cheers Steve uh, I appreciate cheers, that very nice. And then we got one in from Matthew Imaginary Truth Jones uh, regarding our LARPing episode. And he said, so this is funny. I didn't include my LARPing stories because I thought the LARPing I've done is normal, but apparently mine wasn't. I've played Dargo here, which is completely different from what you've all talked about. There are no character sheets or dice. You just fight and a hit is normally fatal. <laughs> so there's also very little magic. That's play fighting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, that's just stabbing people. Yeah, that's crime. <laughs> so, some games allow healing spells and resurrection spells. We played a game with Excalibur and it basically ignored armour and destroyed shields instantly. There was very little role-playing. It was mostly about the fighting. <laughs> <laughs> this makes this up with Fight Club, isn't it? Yeah. You were supposed to play a character and stay in character, but I don't really remember it ever really coming up. <laughs> Too busy getting stabbed. They they literally just turned up and started wailing on each other. Yeah, was it just playing WWE? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like an organised gang fight. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's really a lot. Matt, I think you're doing it wrong, mate. Yeah, hate to break it to you. Yeah, he's just joined a fight club where they just smack each other <laughs> with a big sword. Called Sounds like a laugh. Yeah, that that's not a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, that's it for feedback this time. So, um, just to let you know, guys, know from here on out there might be bad language. <laughs> so, if you're listening with a child, stop. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. <laughs> All right. So let's get on to what we've been playing with what we've been slaying. <laughs> Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? Alright, so first up, we have been playing Solomon Kane. Now, what is Solomon Kane? It's not a cane. I make this joke every single podcast. <laughs> it never gets old. It's the joke that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, yeah. It does. <laughs> but um, Solomon Kane, uh, for those that don't know, is it's basically monster slaying in the 17th century. That's basically what mm-hmm. it is. And we've been playing a fuckload of that recently. In this game, uh, the guys have met Da Vinci. Was he alive in the 17th century? I don't know. I'm not going to do research. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is? <laughs> Um, but anyway, these guys have met Da Vinci and they've got something called the prop cycle, which is essentially a flying... It's like a helicopter that you pedal, yeah. essentially. And recently when we were playing this, um, Ryan, one of the players, turned up and was like, okay, we're going to kill the Pope. Why did they want to kill the Pope? Well, he'd done some bad stuff to them recently that we kind of won't get into, but he imprisoned one of the characters, essentially. He wanted to get revenge. Exactly. And he just wanted to kill the Pope. 
So what they did is James's character and Ryan's character just essentially uh, wanted to uh, uh, get revenge, and they 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 went into the woods and made a bunch of alchemists' fire um, potions, and for like what was it like a week, James? Yeah, we'd uh, spent a whole week gathering and creating them. Yeah. And they just went into the woods, got all these materials, rolled that alchemist knowledge and created a bunch of potions. And then uh, essentially just like this, this should have been like a really, really horrible task that they were doing, like sneaking in, finding out where the Pope lived, all of this stuff. But what they did is they paid this this kid from like a, a village, like this really out there village that was in the middle of fucking nowhere and just went, right. Can you just go to the Vatican City and figure out when the Pope is doing a public event? And the kid was like more than happy because they gave him quite a lot of money. And he was just like, well, okay, mister. No, it wasn't. It was an old man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he rolled streetwise, Sean's character did, and he didn't roll very well. So he ended up, instead of finding a kid to do it, he found like an old guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he turned up and he was like, look, I didn't find a fucking kid, but I got this old dude. Right, he's going to do well. And the, and the old guy's like, well, I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> And, uh, he, he goes to the Vatican City, comes back, and they find out the Pope's birthday is going to be soon. And that's a public event. You know, everyone comes out, they sell tickets, all of this stuff. Anyway, instead of, like, going going there, uh, doing this, like, assassination, it's going to be, like, a really, really amazing, you know, difficult thing to do. Yeah, trying to sneak around through the town, past the guards, it's heavily guarded, past people, because we're, we were wanted, like, heavily wanted in that town. So yeah. we couldn't, there's no way we could just sneak in. Easily, because yeah. we would be recognised by so many people. All they did was get on their prop cycle with a bunch of bombs tied to it, which they've been doing for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, they flew over it. Everyone, everyone in different seats, all pedalling, right, waiting for the Pope's birthday. He's out in public doing all the waving, all of this shit, and then they all just um, basically pulled the strings. All these bombs fell off. They set the motherfucker on fire, and then hello. Pope's happy birthday, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. And then Christy Cleek, the most wanted man in the universe, right? He just shouts off of it. He get he goes, Christy Cleek fucking killed ya and he's fucking he hates ya and he he starts shouting off all these things. And he they'd only just got rid of their wanted level in the Vatican City mm-hmm. and then all of the Pope's guards look up, see them on an impossible flying machine dropping hellfire on the Pope and he's he's yelling, Christy Cleek just killed ya. <laughs> And it was the most amazing thing ever because not only did they kill the most powerful man in the world, they killed him uh, and got away with it without yeah. getting a single scratch yeah. because of all this planning. It mm-hmm. was amazing. It was one of the most fun things I've ever done. It wasn't monster killing or anything like this. Well, it did turn out that the Pope was a powerful wizard. But the point is, it was like just a, a pure side thing. Ryan turned up to the game late and it turns out all, yeah. all the time on the train he was thinking, right, how can we kill the Pope? And he That's was like, I'm thinking, right, <laughs> we should just fly over to Vatican City and drop fire on him. Yeah, and, and it, it was, was it was amazing. He literally turned up, sat down, and then that's when we were trying to plan it. And he nice. heard it and he goes, how about this? And he's like, fucking hell, mate, you haven't been here 10 seconds and you've just like... You want to plot murder? Yeah, you've, but he's just, he just figured it out. That was it. Yeah, and it was it was so much fun. Yeah, because like this this little flying machine they've got has opened up so many windows and that, that to oh, me, man, I was just yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when the Pope does stuff, he makes public appearances all the time and to me that was a very, very genius plan. The thing is, we the way we played it is as a dramatic task. In in Savage Worlds, it basically means you you it's like a five round task. Instead of rolling one success, you need five successes. Mm. But if you fail 
that um, you know don't get your five successes the worst happens yeah, yeah. and you guys have been bloody lucky with them but um, in this case you know the worst would have been well they shoot your prop cycle down and all of you die yeah of course yeah. So, yeah. so that would have been fucking horrific but the fact of the matter is is you guys did it and and it was it was fucking cool and the Pope's dead like you just killed the most powerful man on the planet and it, was, it was so yeah. good I love I love that kind of stuff yeah. Um, so yeah well done guys well done for, for killing the Pope in you know. a game that's about monster slaying <laughs> yeah. but um, in addition to that I've been playing in uh, more of uh, Owen Lean's Pantheon Towers game so this is basically a game set in modern day London uh, except for these modern day characters have got powers given to them by the Greek gods and um, the last game that we played was extremely fun because uh, the Thames the biggest river in London for those of you that don't know which, you know, who the fuck are you? Um, but um, the Thames has got these gigantic, like, claw marks going down it. And um, we just had to investigate. And that was basically it. So there's, there might be a big monster in there. There is a big monster. Spoiler yeah. alert. But basically, <laughs> at the end of the game, me and uh, me and Dan, sort of like, we, we I just went to, a, like, a shop, bought a big load of, like, minced beef. <laughs> and just, uh, just uh, chucked it into the Thames and was, like, trying to attract it. So, so you've been my car- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, that was good fun. And my character's, like, this little um, little rapper, like a, a young rapper called Young Juice. Oh, yeah. And he just, he just chucked in all this beef into the Thames and was just like, just like come out motherfucker and then yeah we saw this monster emerge and then me and Dan one of the other guys there just got our like pen knives out and just jumped into the Thames <laughs> and, that, and then that was where Owen ended the game he was like right oh. we're going to end it there and we were Shanking just like hands. yeah and we were just like fuck <laughs> it was so cool Wicked one of my favourite points of the game right um, that was really uh, funny was, was there was a point where we were trying to get into a club yeah. now one of the other characters is a, um, a, a sort of like theatre actor type guy and his, his like house is just full of costumes so every time we need a costume we always go to his house even when the character's not in the game but we, of course you can yeah <laughs> no no yeah. We, we, even when he's not in the game we just sneak through a window in his house and get a costume <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to get into a club but my character's only 14 years old so uh, we snuck into his house and I got a rabbi outfit and, and the oh, car- my character's also black oh, so he God. was a 14 year old black rabbi Brilliant. wearing trainers as well a little and, fake beard yeah a little fake beard <laughs> and uh, yeah we, we end up to the club and the guy's like uh, the, the bouncer's like how old are you and and my character's like shalom blood <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I got in. I got in, and then I got a permanent pass to the club um, because the guy thought I was a mid-year entertainer. Oh God, (laughs) that's not bad, is it? Yeah, so it was it was a really good game. I'm I'm very much enjoying the setting. I mean, one of the things that Owen mentioned about the game was that it's kind of very colloquial and wouldn't necessarily translate to other other regions for right. example um, America mm-hmm. and Canada and things like this but I don't necessarily agree I think that if you say for example if you set that in New York if you had New Yorkers that have been given powers yeah. by, by the Greek gods and things like this yeah. It would be fucking awesome. Just different trappings, isn't it? Little exactly. Bit. That's all it is. Yeah. But let's talk very quickly about our uh, RPG purchases. Because Nick, <gasps> just before you turned up today, yes, you had a package from the postman. The postman come back. No, 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 no. Wait, you can't say that. Post person. Post uh, person. Sorry. Right, because it's 2017, everyone. <laughs> all right, so you can't say postman. Post. Oid. Postoid. Postoid. <laughs> the postoid came. Finally, um, the wait is over. Mutant Mechatron. Oh, 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 oh
Finally here, the third instalment of the um, <clears throat> Mutant Year Zero uh, trilogy. Um, is it a trilogy? I think it's actually four. I think there's no one coming out of this, but you've obviously got Mutant Year Zero, Gen Lab Alpha, which we love, and now Mutant Megatron when you get to play robots. So the art is incredible. So obviously. yeah, this is uh, uh, for those that don't know. Um, uh, it's it's set in the Mutant Year Zero universe. Yeah. Um, but it's a post-apocalyptic game where you play as robots. So all the people have gone. Mm-hmm. The world has ended, and now you are a robot searching for your masters, or maybe not. Maybe you're just trying to uh, get your own type of uh, peace in the world. Yeah. And and things like this. But the um. The cover features a robot with uh, a singular eye holding up a skull wearing a cape. And he's got a little cane, obviously trying to hold himself up. It's a very beautiful artwork, very comic-y. Yeah, so uh, amazing. I'm, I love I'm, the I'm art so glad you finally got it. Didn't so it fund September last year? Oh man, yeah. So it's been a long old wait, but it's uh, totally been worth the wait. It's, yeah, because you got uh, a lot of stretch goals with it as well. You yes, got... I did. We got the um, we got two compendiums. Did you get, did you get a bookmark? No bookmarks. No lousy bookmarks on this one. Um, well, it's not worth it then. Yeah, unfortunately. Now we've got two full compendium, which are basically like adventure books, and they're like about 35 pages each. I've uh, got a full colour map with it, which was lovely. I think there's another compendium actually in the back of the book that they added, um, and some cards as well, which is really cool. Um, yeah, because yeah, I went all out. Got the the cards have like gear and stuff gear, on them. Gear, mutations, they? things like that, so you can actually have a little kind of physical oh, copy of whatever man, you've got. This looks awesome. Yeah, so I'm over the moon. Uh, really, really pleased with it all. Um, it's worth the wait. I'm going to start reading it and um, get stuck in and we'll hopefully play it this year. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah really we, pleased. We Next up, after Solomon Kane, uh, we've got uh, Sean's running a Fallout game. Ooh, and yes. then after that, we're playing Mutant. So yeah. we're going to be spoilt for our post-apocalyptic type game. It's true, this actually. Year. Oh, sick yeah. of it by the end, we? But yeah, so really good. So I'm going to put some pictures on, um, on online and stuff, um, show everybody what the what, what, yeah, what product. Got to floss it, bruv. Got to floss that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm really pleased, really happy. So but there speaking go. of post-apocalyptic games, oh, I yeah. got um, the American Survival Guide. Oh, man. I think that's how it's pronounced anyway. American. It might be American. I don't know. But this is by some sort of dude, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, good. And, uh, some guy. Some no, I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, oh, uh, Reed... Reedzilla San Filippo. Reedzilla. Reedzilla, yeah. mate. I mean, I think that he might be several hundred feet tall. So that, that's probably why he writes through his giant pen. Yeah. Yeah. So this Tiny is arms. the American Survival Guide. So this was um, collected from articles in the magazine Crawling Under a Broken Moon. And this is a DCC RPG post apocalyptic um, setting. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an amazing book, a hardcover book that you can get from Lulu. And it's just a, a post-apocalyptic setting for Dungeon Call Classics RPG. Amazing. That so is it, wicked. It basically hacks the entire game to have guns um, and vehicles and all of this stuff. And it's incredible. So uh, things like gold pieces become gasoline and petrol. Silver pieces become... I can't remember, but it's it's really cool. So it becomes something like I don't know steel and something else, but it's really cool. So every every single tiny thing is changed into something to be wastelandish and Mad Maxy. That's so cool. What so all the classes changed uh, now. So it becomes things like uh, you've got petrol heads and aliens and robots and mutants. It's incredible. It's an amazing amazing work that that is just it's so professional. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, for the listeners, the listeners aren't going to know, so I'm just going to say it. Nick just was flipping through the book, and he just found he just found a picture that looked exactly like Sean Patrick Fannin, and that Same that was that was really weird. That, that's so odd. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, American Survival Guide. It's amazing, man, and it, it only cost me thirty-five quid, which actually is more than the DCC rulebook. But to be fair, do you know what? Nice hardback, so, really, really cool. So go buy it. You know, the only reason I got it was to to get the uh, well, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons I got it was to get the vehicle rules for um, DCC because I wanted to use it in the Foreign Beggars, and then I was like, this is fucking incredible, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna play it. So yeah. Amazing, amazing book. Looking forward to it. This would work really well. I mean, even if because it's post-apocalyptic as well. There's just um, you know when you've got like um, you've got a, a book that's you know whatever got some mutants in or got some cool like futuristic stuff, but then you think oh I could do with a bit more. Mm. And then obviously having any all these other books with more um, more of the same inside just gives you a hell of a lot more kind of I don't know. You can just pinch bits and bobs like cool equipment maybe or mm. things yeah, because like you could even have one of these ways. guns just turn up as an artifact in a normal decent DCC game. Oh my god, yeah! And just be like, oh, oh, why is this here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then all the characters are trying to figure out how to use it, and maybe one of them shoots himself in the head, <laughs> looking down the barrel. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what be it? Like, give me an intelligence roll to see if you blast your own face off. <laughs> <laughs> if you roll a one, yeah, you, you're going down. Yeah, man, that's what, oh, it's lovely. I'll yeah, the pin beautiful myself. book, and the oh, artwork nice. is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, d- awesome. I don't know where he got the budget, but Jesus Christ, well done, well done, dude. Uh, Reed Zilla, you're a genius. But stop destroying Tokyo. Yeah, right? come on, man. <laughs> Concentrate on the books. You make good books. <laughs> you make good books, but you're a destructive force. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, that's it for what we've been slaying this time, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what, what more to say on that, so let's go on to the main subject. Main. Subject. Main. Subject. <coughs> Sorry. Usually, we have a quote to read during this bit, but the thing we're talking about is very unquotable, so we don't. We don't have a quote. Yeah, we, we don't. We, yeah, there's, no, we there's don't, no quote. There's no quote. So um, today we are talking about beneath the inverted church. So um, that is going to mean probably nothing to to anyone. So let's just get in to it. Um, what is beneath the inverted church? Well, it's described as a serialised, mature tabletop RPG. Oh. Oh. Is it hot in here? Is it just me? Oh. Serialised. Mature. Except it's not an RPG. Oh. No, it's a series of very substantial campaign modules you can use for just about any fantasy campaign, and it's written by a bloke called Justin Saroy. But why are we talking about it? Well, because this is one of those RPG products that has a mature tag on it. And you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? Yep. Dicks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dicks. Dicks and tits. And that's why we like talking about this kind of stuff, all right? Um, yeah, so... And it's advertised as having sexual themes. And I instantly wondered to myself... Is this mature in the same way as Grand Theft Auto or Family Guy is mature? Yep. Or is it mature like Deer Hunter or Citizen Kane? So that's what we're here to find out, ladies and gentlemen. But the one thing is that um, I'm going to hand you guys the books now because you look on the back of these 
and you got to you got you got to hand it to him. You look at the books, and they do look mature wow. because aside from the player's handbook, you look on the back, and there's almost nothing on the back. It's yeah. a very classy looking book. It just has uh, eighteen plus explicit content on one of them. What an unusual oh, size book. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like you got to ask yourself, it's like how more black can it be? And the answer is none more black. None more black than this. I mean, it looks really sort of satanic. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is, I think that's intentional. Uh, so yeah, it's got upside down crosses, pentagram mm-hmm. type thing going on. If I didn't know better, I would say this is the. The one thing I say is, James, do not open that book because there's certain stuff I want to surprise you with. <laughs> what um, size? Yeah, it's a weird size. It's. A, I'll, I'll be honest. The size they, I think they were going for with these books is the the, uh, the fucking annoying size because <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go. Uh, it doesn't go with anything any, else any, except yeah. for except for mouse guard. No, it goes. It goes with. Ah. Oh yeah. It's the same size as Mouse Guard. It's like the exact same size as you know, like the the smaller vinyl size. Yeah, yeah. You could imagine it in a in, in its cover. So it goes with that, size, isn't it? I mean, but to be honest, Mouse Guard is equally sexy. So there you go. <laughs> take that, take that away with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, these consist of four books: two main campaign books, Part One, The Inverted Church; Part Two, Spire and Sound. Uh, there's a monster manual called Pleasures and Pestilence, Ooh. and a player's handbook. However. Because uh, the main bulk of this is the campaign, first up we're going to look at the first campaign book, The Inverted Church, and we're going to get into the story of it. So so this is basically for, for like a, a fantasy game, right? Okay. So it starts off with the PCs either coming from or returning to a modest town called Cragley. Cradley. 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 Sounds like somewhere around here. <laughs> All right, mate. I'm from Cradley. From Cradley, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and when they get there, everyone in the town is completely fed up of mirrors. Because every time they look in a mirror, instead of seeing their reflection, they see some pornographic images and don't know how to feel about it. Fed up's what? a strong word. Yeah, oh no, but they they are really fed up. I'm sick of it. Every time they, they every time they look in a the mirror, they see they see like people um, With wangs. Yeah, so they see no, they see people they fancy, like the people they they're well into, jerking it, doing Whoa. butt sex, Whoa. all sorts of wild shit, and they're blaming it on demons. So the first thing the PCs notice when they get into the town is the mirror behind the bar is gone. So you know like some bars have a big long mirror behind yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, mm. Well, imagine, right, you go into the bar and uh, like every, every single person's like lined up at the bar ordering drinks and all you can see is just a bunch of dicks. Well, you know that's going to get awkward, right? <laughs> you see that dick over there? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so obviously the first thing to go was the bar behind. Get that mirror out. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, get rid of that, mate. This is getting awkward. <laughs> but it makes it look like we've got more bottles. I don't care. We need less wang. So every single person in the town has gotten rid of all of their mirrors, right? And they put it on a big bonfire in the middle of the town. Mirror. They're like, I just can't nice. deal with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the PCs go go over to the bonfire where all of the villagers are burning their mirrors, and they talk to Gail, the blacksmith, who is sitting by it looking sad, <laughs> and he tells them his girlfriend has gone missing after staring into a mirror. Whoa. All right. Then uh, he says he's too depressed to chat, but still, then chats for ages, <laughs> and, and offers up a random piece of information that a fighter named Hannah is brave and is searching for cool weapons and clothing in a dungeon up to the north. Why? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Wait, he, says, oh, he goes, I'm too depressed to chat. But... Wait, so... Yeah. So she goes missing after looking into a mirror. Yeah. So how do they know she was looking into a mirror? 
Because she no, went, I'm I think, just going to think... go look into this mirror. I'll be back in a bit. And then never came back. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, then he, and then he's just like, oh, but um, on an unrelated note, uh, there's this really nice woman up the north who, who's looking for weapons and clothing in a dungeon. I don't know why I mentioned that, but anyway, back to being sad. <laughs> As you can tell, this is very well written. And then he mentions that Hannah also lost her brother. To a mirror? Uh, don't know. Okay. Just lost um, him. Yeah, just lost him. <laughs> fell out. Fell out of back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, point. say what you want about Justin Saroy's writing style, but he knows players, right? Because because the thing is, I think the reason that he mentions the armor and the the, the clothing Luke. and, and uh, yeah, because <laughs> he's like he got to entice him with a loop. <laughs> <Don't God, right? laughs> I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason for this blacksmith to mention all that crap, but he's just like, I know that the players aren't going to do shit if we don't mention loot. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the intro is very, very badly laid out, and uh, it should just be a list of people around the fire that the PCs can talk to. But for some reason, it's laid out like a very linear novel. It just says the PCs should then go here, then go here, then go here. It's really badly written. But here's the important bits: a Baron reveals that two dozen people have gone missing in the past month, and uh, most important to him is Kara. Um, she was a geologist, and she had fat stacks of cash, some of which belonged to the Baron. Ooh. And if the players bring her back, they can have a pub called the Perseverance on the south end of town. He tells the PCs that the dungeon on the north side of town is calling to people, and he gives you a pint of beer to give to Hannah, that fighter that the blacks well, well, you got to walk all the way so out there with beer. To, uh... It's like an egg yeah. and spoon race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't spill it. Yeah, I don't know why. How He's... flat would that be? By Here's a pint of beer. Why don't you fucking, I don't know, give her... I don't know, she need, does she need more than just a pint of beer? Yeah, uh, If yeah. she's up there. Exactly. Why doesn't he give her, I don't know, some weapons, a grenade, uh, a map with a dungeon? <laughs> Not to mention, I think that this um, shows kind of a level of noobishness when it comes to writing for this because nobody in uh, D&D ever calls, like, flat out calls a dungeon a dungeon. They call it the, a cave or, or whatever. Yeah. But everyone's just like, oh, she's up in that dungeon up to the north. <laughs> And beer, it was always ale. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, the PCs go and find Hannah, because the book tells you you have to, and get used to this name, because by the way, you're going to be hearing it a lot. Right. Hannah takes the pint, downs it, then tells the PCs that her brother Cameron has gone missing. After she heard him every night for a week hanging a mirror on one side of his door. We all know what that guy was mirror. doing. <laughs> so, yes. So he was just hanging it. So all she could hear was like, Ow. no, Ow. I think she, what we could hear is the sound of a hanging followed by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he just liked to move it around his room, get a better angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just liked a mirror. The guy was just, he, he liked a mirror. Moral he, was, he was just really vain. So, yeah. A lot of people get lost. Yeah, a lot of people get lost after, after hanging up a mirror. They're yep. just ashamed of how much they were wanking. <laughs> embarrassment they've, they've, no they've gone away taking the mirror with them into the woods so they can just wank all day <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, well, well James uh, spoiler alert Jesus Christ come you, on you write this yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah yeah James is secretly <laughs> Justin Saroy hi <laughs> It doesn't really explain why, but then she says she went into the Undungeon for some reason. And the un- the Undungeon... <laughs> the Onion Dungeon. <laughs> That's what it is. No, the Undungeon is the dungeon to the north. And she just starts referring to that as that, 
There's no explanation as to why it's called that. She just calls it that. And apparently you're just supposed to just call it that now. Well, that's probably where it comes in. You know, like people usually say cave. Yeah, like we mentioned just now. Well, maybe he's being different. Oh, it's just a common parlance in that in that area. It's not a dungeon. It's an undungeon. <laughs> well, you'll see why later on. But the thing is, is that at this point, uh, unless you've read the whole book, you wouldn't know why. So you have to read the whole book and then start again from the beginning. I guess um, the dungeon is linked to the mirrors in some way mm. because you wouldn't just have a creepy dungeon in the north of town a bunch of porn mirrors and all of this happening f- for, for no reason, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hannah tells you that she went down there and met a bloke called Michael down the Undungeon wearing a robe of stained salt and he was using this material. Whoa, 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 oh. hold on, back up. How do you wear stained, a robe of salt? Stained salt. Yes. You know what salty, don't you? I don't know what salt is. No, but you know what is salty? Oh, stained. Oh, the actual robe was stained. It was stained in in salty. No, uh, <sniffs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? While I was writing this review, I did come to this realisation much later than you did. Oh, really? You got pretty good stamina then. Yeah, so unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, yes, he's wearing a cum robe. Wow. Oh, that's so hideous. Wow. And while wearing this robe, he used it to pass through a mirror. So she went in the dungeon and he saw this bloke pass into a mirror. Wearing a crusty cum blanket. Crusty. <laughs> 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 he just, he, he just walked along and it kind of cracked it. Oh, yeah. oh. Kind of like, oh, don't even. Yep, it. there we go. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's the low point. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Crusty cum blanket. <laughs> dee, dee, dee. <laughs> anyway, as the PCs are talking to Hannah, they are attacked by bandits. Bandits who, when killed, drop a sketchbook bound in human skin, and this book will contain one of six different drawings. The first drawing is a, and I quote, realistic sketch of a bandit leader going down on a young man with a slit throat. The fourth is a, and I quote again, a realistic black and white pencil drawing of a bandit leader fucking a young woman, her arms are missing, he is smiling. (laughs) This is, this is... This is pretty messed up, Hannah reveals <laughs> the leader of the bandits is George Kilroy. He worships Val the Necrophile, a giant who was banished from the Seven Walls. And you really better hope the players don't ask about the giants, the Seven Walls, or Val the Necrophile, because it doesn't elaborate at all beyond that. I'm joking. Nope, you never ever find out what any of those things are. Oh, great. Now, what's the point of mentioning what, them now? Even the seven walls. Effective horror or crappy shock value? What do you guys think? Um, shock. Mm hmm. But it's not shocking. Fucking. Because they say this and then. Yeah, it's, it, that's you, the exact language that it uses. With no yeah. hands and he has a smile on his face. But I'd agree with James there. I just think it's shocking for the sake of being shocking. But there's no, and, but it's just, but it's it immediately lost. Can I? Because ask? the players will ask, "What's that?" And we're like, "Don't know." Yeah, and then when Hannah goes, "Oh, he, these these guys are from the Seven Walls," you might go, Ooh, "What are they? What's the Seven Walls? What's the about? Seven Walls?" And and then you, as the player, if you've read the whole fucking book, they never say what the Seven Hannah Walls are. Hannah just goes, <laughs> <laughs> "They're from the Seven Walls," although I have no idea what those are. <laughs> yeah, so please don't ask me. <laughs> and they worship Val the Necrophile, who I know nothing about. <laughs> I simply know his name. <laughs> 
fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but this isn't part of the story, so I have no idea. How okay. did he get banished? I don't know. Now, at this point, I want to ask you guys, what what would you guys, if you guys were players in the game, let's just say your characters are you guys, right? What would you do with the book? What, the oh, what? dirty book? Yeah, that, that, that filthy book full of disgusting drawings. What would you do with it? Probably uh, just leave it. Nah, put it in me items. Okay. Would you? Yeah, use it as, use it as uh, fire. It's an item. It's, it's an item. <laughs> it must N- be stored N- such. Nick's a hoarder. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Now, it's time to go into the Undungeon, which is the whole point of the campaign. So, you rest at Hannah's encampment outside the Undungeon, and then finally go in. Here is where the book talks about stress, which is a central mechanic in the Undungeon. So, um, as you go to the dungeon's entrance, which is basically stone stairs, the book has STRESS in bold black letters. If the players ever allude to being uncomfortable, or the characters roleplay that they are made uncomfortable by something in the Undungeon, then they can get stress points. And the book basically says this is that the mechanic is best kept secret by the GM, so the players never know why they're getting stressed. But you can also do constitution rolls instead. If, no. if you prefer that. Okay. Additionally, they can accumulate stress if they linger, as if the dungeon itself knows. So, if they're lingering in a certain section, you have the player roll a D100, and if they roll under the page number you are on, it's a fail. You hear a bell ring somewhere in the dungeon and accumulate stress. Yeah. What's with the bell? <laughs> Just a random bell starts ringing. There is a point to that, and you'll find out later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's... it's uh, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah. And, and honestly, as James pointed out just then, a lot of the pages don't even have page numbers on them. Oh, wow. So you just have to figure it out for your fucking self. <laughs> fucking stupid. You have to count. Yeah, you have to write... <laughs> wait, a minute, actually, wait a minute. Let me just... One, two... Three. Yeah, you have to oh write them on God. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just write them on yourself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's how it works, right? So, yeah, if you fail, um, you, you basically get the first effect... On, on on the um, on the table, right? And the effects stack. The more stress you get, the worse you get. So it goes like this. Uh, first you become irritated, um, then sweating, as well as irritated, Ooh, then also saddened, that. appalled, paranoid, disgusted, seduced for some fucking reason, delusional, Ooh. and finally shocked. Oh, sorry, wait. So after appalled, paranoid, and disgusted, yeah, you get seduced. Yeah. I don't know about you, James, you but that's how I get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, when I'm really irritated and sad and I'm sweating, right? I just get a rager. Then yeah, after, yeah. Then oh, yeah. after all that, you're just shocked with yourself. It's, just, it's absolutely <laughs> babam, and then and then I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, what? <laughs> I am disgusted by the situation, and that's why I've got a boner. And now I'm slightly seduced. But I'm well, shocked by all of this. <laughs> delusional afterwards. <laughs> absolutely on. ridiculous. I mean, has has the writer of this book ever been in a stressful situation <laughs> I mean I don't mean to be I don't mean to be rude cause... well they probably have but in this way they were probably stressed and maybe found they, were... that they got a kick out of it yeah yeah, yeah maybe maybe he, get, he gets off on stress yeah yeah so sometimes it, sometimes he'll, he'll purposefully not pay his bills <laughs> that deadline's coming up oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man tell me again Tell me again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you want to alleviate stress, uh, you can do things such as getting a crit, resting, or get this. Affectionate interactions with Hannah. Just Hannah? Um, what, every single player can can it- recuperate by fucking Hannah? What, and Hannah's cool with this? Uh, uh, well, apparently. 
I mean, the point is, right, I'm going to talk about Hannah for a minute because (laughs) Hannah is the biggest fucking Mary Sue motherfucking character ever, right? She is the main character of this book. Not you guys, but she is. Okay. Okay. See, I want, look at the cover of the book. That's her. That's her, mate. That's her. There is not a single flaw this character has, right? It even says she's great at drinking and fighting, right? There is something she does uh, that we'll get into later where she fucks up, but that is only uh, really rectified in the second book where she starts to, to, to get flaws. In the first book, she is basically an impeccable Perfect. character, and there's only one point where she fucks up, and it's basically to forward the plot. Um, but she's put in here to be the main character, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But like, even to the point where, even to the point where, to alleviate stress. She's there as as a as an item, literally as an item wow. for the characters to fuck to alleviate stress. It's like, come on, mate. That's really crude. <laughs> it's yeah. awful. Yeah. Anyway, so you go into the first room, right? And there's this puzzle. Basically, what happens is there's a mirror door. What's a mirror door? Well, th- uh, this is basically like a portal to another dimension, kind of. So Hannah tells you this mirror door can't be smashed. If you look into it, you'll be dragged into the invert. But your clothes and armor and stuff can't come, so you'll be dragged through your armor and diced up. Yeah. Of course, you could purposely take off all your clothes and go into the invert, but when this happens, you're basically fucked anyway. It's not well explained, but I think what happens is you roll a d20, go into the mirror, and it's basically like a small pocket dimension called the invert where you face off against a brutal encounter. So, yeah, that's what the invert kind of is. So every single mirror is like a doorway into a tiny little dimension. Sub-boss. Exactly. Yeah, so why would you go in there? I don't know. The book kind of says you could do this if you want, but why? Because here's an example. All right, so I've got to get naked and and turn up empty-handed with only my wang or my bit or my tits whichever character I'm playing and then I've got to fight against something well here's an example in the invert um, there is uh, one of the encounters you basically roll a d20 and there's only 20 possible encounters okay. which considering that it's supposed to be infinite possibilities that's a bit crap um, so yeah <laughs> this is um, one of them is the dom oh yes this is a giant oh. dominatrix oh with nude subjects tied to her body with leather straps. She's got a helmet made from the skin of humans and her weapon is a petrified griffin that she swings like a bat. (laughs) (laughs) She also, as one of her attacks, just chucks naked people at you. Full-size naked humans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're just like, shit! (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. The skin of humans has come up twice now. Has it come up any more times? Uh, you know the what? Book, probably the book was made from the it had skin of humans. She's got skin of humans as a helmet. Yep. I mean, it, uh, it honestly, it probably does. But uh, it's a healthy commodity in the Undungeon. You yeah <laughs> yeah because well it can pass through mirror doors. Yeah exactly. Uh, all right. Um. Duh. So how do you get past the mirror puzzle? Don't go in. Don't walk away. Nope. The fuck out. Yeah. Just <laughs> just go out of the Undungeon. Go back to town. And start fapping into a mirror. But, <laughs> So, so basically, any PCs, right? And now you, you pay attention to this, because any PCs that look into the mirror will roll on a random table to see what they see. Okay, so for example, I, d- I, d- I did a couple of rolls, right? Two women and a short man, naked, trimming the beard of a very large goat. 
here we go. Originality. That's what I like. That that I like. That yeah, I, like. I like. The naked you could take out, it'd still be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it was just two people trimming the beard of a large goat, I'm in. I'm and, down. And the goat was like, and the goat's beard is like magnificent. Because you, you know, how, you know, how goats have that little smile on their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I like that. No, I like I, that. I, I don't even like that in a sexual way. I just like it. No, I like that. Lots. Best bit of book so far. For exactly. <laughs> how you get past the bu- puzzle is this. Hannah solves it. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding. The book straight up says she solves it. And Hannah's, so Hannah's an NPC. That's it. Yeah, she's, by the GM. A, she's an NPC controlled by the GM. Oh, wow. And she, it, it, the book just straight up says, like, like written by like a novel, right? It straight it doesn't say um, describe how Hannah does it. It says read this fucking big old motherfucking passage. And Hannah goes up to the mirror. She strips off all of her clothes. Tells the PCs to look away, so the PCs don't even. See her do it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So there, it's it's okay to just fuck Hannah. Excuse my French. <laughs> yes. But she don't want him seeing him na- her naked. No. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wait a second. But why? Why is? Why are the characters? Why are the fucking PCs? Why are they there in the first place? Is Hannah's going to fucking solve it anyway? Right. And she just she takes off all of her clothes, seduces all of the sexy things she sees in the mirror. Oh, and then so no, she fucks them all. Yeah, and again. No, no, she doesn't necessarily have sex with them, but she seduces them by getting her her um her body out, and then and then then the mirror sort of gets negated, and then and then she's just like, all right, guys, let's go. What the mirror gets shy, <laughs> blushes, and you get straight for it. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. why do you find specimen of a woman there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's okay. it. It's done. It's done. It's a puzzle solved. Nice. PCs don't have any fucking input. They're just they're, they're just like, well, um, okay, I'll go solve. They're just there for the ride. We'll yeah. Turn around. And, then how to do her thing? Yeah, and then literally, if if the PCs ask, "What did you do?" She says, "Something lewd" or something like this. Oh my god! I can't Why even remember. Why do they even bother Hannah? Why don't they just <laughs> leave Hannah to get on with it? If I if I was playing this game and I knew about this NPC, I would kill her. Yeah, straight so away. That I could have now some what? bloody input. Hannah's dead. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, in the next room, you see Michael. Um, you remember that NPC she saw in the cum cum cloak? Oh yeah, oh right. right you yeah. see him, and he's sitting upon a throne. And cum he, throne? <laughs> sadly not. Oh, sadly oh, not. Come on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come on, have some fucking consistency. <laughs> and he basically uses a mirror to attack you, sending swarms of frogs out of it, right? And they're bursting forth from the invert. And the solution, you're never going to guess this, is to put the mirror face down on the floor. No. <laughs> yeah, so that the frogs can't get out. Oh, cool. So he's, he's just holding up like Excuse this. Me. And, and all the frogs are just like blasting out. And if you just put it face down on the floor. See, um, that's a cool image. I like the image of a guy holding a mirror of a load of frogs flying out. Of it. Yeah, yeah using cool. it like a machine gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But the funny thing is, is that when you put it on the floor, um, the book actually kind of says this. Michael loses it like he never suspected somebody. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he goes mental like like he's just like I've never in a million years. <laughs> he's, he goes absolutely nuts. And um, any frogs left in the room once you've solved that puzzle, mm-hmm. starts trying to strangle him. What, Michael? Yeah, because they're 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 like you idiot. You can't. I you can't can't see that coming. They'll die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what an encounter. So you stroll in, right? <laughs> this guy's blasting frogs at you for a mirror, and then so Hannah. Or I assume it's Hannah because she's obviously the only one that does anything. The PCs are there just for for no she's fucking just reason. Got frogs bouncing right? off her face. So, she's so he just up walks up, g- gently just grabs the mirror by the top right corner and, goes, and no. puts it to the ground. And then he gets killed by the frogs. That no, he gets I mean, does he, he not mad. think just to pick it up again either? 
Yeah. I mean, he's too angry. It's too he's, he's got to the he's got so high in his anger that he's got to the shock level. Yeah, so he he's, can't he's, move. he's both seduced and shocked. <laughs> he's standing there, presumably with a boner, screaming at you, <laughs> too shocked. Oh yeah, he got seduced, then deluded, and, and embarrassed. Then oh, but anyway, though, no, uh, believe it or not, that one is actually left up to you. But I thought the so the solution is so unbelievably simple that nobody's actually going to get it. That's true. Yeah, Cause, yeah, cause yeah. To be fair, um, in the previous room, it says you can't smash the mirror. I was about to say. So you can't because you're. I suppose your first instinct would be to smash throw it. something at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I'm not going to go through the rest of the rooms and like the entire book and go through room nah, by don't room. Spoil it all, but yeah. Um, throughout the the book, it seems Justin Saroy is at odds with uh, telling a story about Hannah, his awesome GNPC, who is desperate to find her brother, and creating a dungeon where the players are encouraged to find loot and have fun. Because the book freely says she is obsessed with loot and finding her brother in equal measure. She just wants to hog all the action. Yeah, he literally says this. He literally says she she loves loot and she also wants to find her brother and she is equally obsessed with both. So in the room with Michael in it, she enters and says literally this. She said, fuck, he's still alive. Where is my brother? And then as soon as she has the upper hand, she says, where's the fucking treasure? (laughs) What? Literally, so she as soon as like she's got the upper hand with him, she she like literally forgets about her brother, and she's like, "Where's the loot?" And he's like, "I've got a bottle of whiskey worth ten GP. It's over there." He actually says that, and he's got and he's being choked by frogs. I've got ribbit. Yeah. Oh shit. Which is immediately followed up by a really emotional scene where she sees her brother in the next room in a mirror, <gasps> and I mean this is really emotional stuff. So I'm just gonna read it out for you. Without hesitation, Hannah aims her crossbow at the mirror. Release my brother, the voice from the mirror replies. He entered on his own cognition. He will enter whenever he desires. I, I think it means leave. Um, Hannah yells, fuck you! And the voice replies, yes. <laughs> Talk dirty to me. And then, <laughs> and then it heavily implies he's being raped as she sees his face and, and this is a quote, a miasma of penises, breasts, and hair. So what? A miasma of penises, breasts, and hair. So like but not attached to anything. Just what just, disembodied? Just disembodied genitals. Like I know, assume head, hair shavings. Just all falling, all falling on him like snow. Yeah, and it's just like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the book starts to get good, really, at about map five. This is. Um, this is actually like quite a few pages in. Basically, this is where Hannah is taken out of the plot. Whee! And the PCs. <laughs> the fuck off, Hannah, you prick. She just got set, you fired. The PCs are allowed to do stuff and have agency in the story. So the PCs go into a room that has absolutely no description. I'm not even joking. And there's a guy called Mr. Seaford sitting in a wooden chair who's been inverted, which is basically corrupted by the invert. The same way Michael had been earlier. Oh, I thought you meant like all his like stomach and bones and that were on the outside. <laughs> See, that would be in- that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah suggests they smash a nearby mirror, even though in a minute. she knows that's impossible. But uh, yeah, whatever. And the book even says it's easy. They say the book says the players could simply smash this mirror and it will be easy. So apparently, even like now, you can smash mirrors. Well, they were smash proof mirrors before. Yeah, there was uh, oh, uh, earlier there were different on. Different types of mirrors. Mm-hmm. Right? No, yeah. no, there, yeah, there yeah. aren't different types of mirrors. Oh. Um, it's just earlier you couldn't. Now you can for no reason. Okay. And then they smash the mirror and he's okay and he leaves by himself. 
And he gives the PCs, you're going to like this, a salt-stained blade. Uh, oh, God. Mm. Uh, is that a euphemism? Or? No, uh, it's literally a type of weapon. So, oh, okay. So, you know this uh, uh, um, stained salt cloak earlier? Yep. You can get stained salt weaponry, too. Okay. And these are the only, only things that can pass into the, uh, in, into the been, invert. That's, so, that's so, where you fucking... You're, sorry, just read ahead on your notes. This is only the point where you realise that the stained salt is come. Yeah, this is where I realised. I thought he'd left it down the so, beach. So literally, he, no, he gives you a cum, a cum sword. Okay, lovely. Cum dagger. <laughs> yeah, jizz dagger. Yeah. And your cum blanket. Oh, I can't believe you're ready to go. back about, like, swear words and stuff. and literally. I mean, this is the episode, episode that is, guy shouldn't listen yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, he gives you a cum sword. And then right. Hannah apparently says, um, this is a good sign. There must be more items made of the same material. But she knows there is because she saw the bloke with a cum cape earlier. So, so like, when she sees the cum sword, she goes, ah, this is a good sign. There must be more items made of the same material. But she already knows there is. So why is she saying that? It's the dumbest. She's an idiot. They go into the next room and she steps onto a pressure plate and a box falls on her. <laughs> and... <laughs> All right, box of cum. But is it? No, wait. no, no, no. Inside, every single side is a mirror. The PCs have no option to save her because this is basically a novel and not an RPG module. No, but she could just shut her eyes. No, it doesn't work like that because it's still going to be a mirror whether she's got her eyes closed or not. Yeah, right? but it's only when you look. It's only when you peer in that you get something. Oh, that's a good point. So she could shut her eyes, right, and then she could put her hands out, touch the mirror, and lift the box off herself. Yeah, but yeah, she'd be crushed. No, no, is, she, no. Was, she, she wasn't crushed because it's a box, it's right? It's just a box. Oh. So, so then the, the floor is the floor, but then every other side is a mirror. That is a very, very good point because it says any earlier on, it said any PCs that peer in for too long will yep. get sucked into the invert. Fixed it. And she knows that. Because she just... told him. So she should, okay, so she should just shut her eyes. But anyway, she doesn't. And uh, yeah, so the box falls on her. And because the, it, it literally doesn't even say PCs could maybe do an agility check or anything like that. It just says she gets sucked into the invert. And um, but just as she's being sucked in, she takes all of her clothes off oh, and right. yells, "Find me in a mirror! Give me a salt weapon, please!" And boom, she's gone. Well, she must be pretty um, agile to take her clothes off that quick, right? Agreed. And how big is this box? Uh, big enough to fit a person in. Well, well, might, she might up. have had. She might have had that armor that's got the poppers down no, the side, but... like them jogging bombs we had back in the old days. You just like <laughs> rip them straight. Well, no, off, you can it? see her picture of her on the cover. That's what she's wearing. Oh, yeah. A well-fitted suit of armor. You're not getting that yeah, off quickly. It's, um, it looks heavy. But Metal apparently, plate and everything. But she does right. it twice in this bloody campaign. And consider the fact that it's four mirrors, not just one. She must have done it lightning fast. <laughs> so, what do you guys think happened? One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and monsters is a far out game. Swords, poison, spells, battles, maiming, killing. Hey, it's all imagination. Is it? Yes, definitely. I'll be talking to you. All right, see you later. Realistically, at this point, that's just a bloody introduction because now, this is the point where the PCs are let off the leash. Wee. We're like fucking, I don't know, 70 pages in. <laughs> Screw Hannah. Let's go get some loot. <laughs> yeah, have, anyway. They have screwed Hannah. If you don't want spoilers for the rest, because we're only just past the 70-page introduction, well, skip ahead 30 seconds, because I'm going to summarise the rest of the whole first book now. Um, but 
To put it simply, Hannah apparently accidentally summoned the invert when she was trying to use a charm spell on her brother. Why did she do this? Well, her brother was not cool with being in an interracial relationship with a black woman. And so while trying to cast a charm spell on Cameron to make her fall in love with her best mate, a black girl called Emily, she accidentally fucked her entire village over. The funny thing about this is, is that her best mate is actually a witch, so she could have done the fucking spell. So, you get to the end of the dungeon, and the final boss is the inverted Cupid. So, basically a big old fucked up Cupid, who wants to basically make everyone an androgynous singularity. Thinking with one mind, and I guess having sex all the time for some reason. Fuck knows. And that's the end of the first book. Why, Cupid, why eh? Cupid? <laughs> uh, because it's sexual themes. I don't know. Because and that's... Cupid's meant to denote love, isn't it? He's so he's trying to make it love, classy. Isn't he? Despite the fact that wasn't a theme for the entire book. Uh, yeah. But yeah, fuck no. It, it has no consistency. It's awful. So what do you think of that? That's the first campaign book. Um, well, I'm really pissed off that it was all just because she uh, she's doing the shit spell that her, her mate could have done herself. Also, can I point out that that, that part um, that explains why the invert happened and all of that actually isn't even in the first book. So if you've oh. got to the end of it, all you do is fight Cupid and you're like, and then he's basically like, uh, I'm the final boss of the dungeon. This is what I want. And then you kill him and that's it. <laughs> and then, the, then the, the party goes, well, that was a waste of fucking hours. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> yeah, pretty. <laughs> the pub that we now own. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. you wouldn't continue playing, would you, after this? <laughs> Do you know what, though? But if you wanted to, that's the second one. Yeah. Like, you look at the book. This is the first book, right? Yeah. Well, you, you look, look at, at the, that book and cover. Think, Fuck yeah. That's beautiful, that isn't it? Yeah, the front great. cover, the artwork for Hannah, yeah, is badass. And the back as well. Maybe they only had an artist and was like... But the, writing, mate. the artwork throughout is amazing um, but the dungeon layouts in it apparently I've only read this I don't know this for certain but apparently the dungeon layouts don't sync up um, I don't I haven't double checked it myself but apparently um, the dungeon layouts don't make sense either but the artwork throughout is amazing with the yeah. exception of the dungeon layouts and yeah, <laughs> there's, there's but, a big difference between that and that yeah, you know the I mean? the artwork is incredible. Yeah, the artwork's really, but, but it's when when it's porn. Unfortunately, it's not. But yeah, I mean, it's it is. Uh, oh, the story is terrible, isn't, isn't it? it? Mm. It's it's awful. Yeah. There's it's... so many there's so many um, flaws in there. Yeah, and well, it's just so linear, isn't it? It's just like, oh right, well, there's some there's a lady in in a dungeon in the north of town getting some clothes and stuff and then you're like okay cool we'll go there then and <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you get there and she's like you can't have that it's all mine by yeah. the way anyone want to bang no you get yeah you get there and Don't basically me, no. only she can save the day she's the only one that but she's anything. fucked the day in the first place yeah. so oh. I mean it's kind of a nice twist but it's not even in the first book I, I, I think that it's it's this guy um, wrote novels before this right. and at the beginning of the book it says that and it screams of a guy that has no idea how to write a dungeon at all. I'd like to test this and try and make like I wouldn't. different, <laughs> different, different like out of the box, um, out of the box decisions to see if the game can even hold up to that. Uh, you know uh, honestly, I mean? the way oh. it's written, you couldn't because because the thing is, is it doesn't say things like. You know, usually in, in like an RPG module... If the players where, decide to do this... Yeah, or, or like, if, if you go and talk to an NPC, it will say, the NPC 
will give this information or this information. It literally has um, it has dialogue the scenes script. written. It has a script. Between also, Hannah and the person. Are you sure you don't want to ask me something? No, we're all right. No, are you sure you don't want to ask me this? It's kind of like that, but it's yeah, it's literally entire scenes written out between Hannah discussing it with another character. Oh, uh, right, book. Um, but anyway, the second book is basically a direct sequel, and basically at the end of the first one, after you kill Cupid or, or reduce him to one HP, I don't know why it's got those two options... <laughs> We're not going to kill you. Um, a big spire comes out the top of the undungeon, and now you have to go back and do the whole fucking thing again. Kind of. It's like a new dungeon, but it's basically you're just it's going to be more of the same shit, isn't it? Yeah. And um, that was basically what the bell was. There was a big oh, church underneath it all along or some something. Um, right. One thing I do like is in the second book, it has a kind of character sheet for your pub. Nice. Um, the Perseverance. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you can store items here, earn money, keep track of who is in what room. Uh, be it NPCs or paying customers employ staff it's actually pretty awesome that's cool but now let's have a look at the monster manual yay so this is pleasures and pestilence a big monster manual that comes with the game so actually a fair few of the enemies that you'll find in here are pretty cool so they're quite reminiscent of uh, Dark Souls in, in both their design and the feel of their lore just imagine if Dark Souls was a sexy game <laughs> Dark But here's some good examples. Frog Titan. Ooh, like it already. (laughs) Yeah. They're the size of a small house, always thirsty, and can just suck the moisture right out of you. Wicked. (laughs) Yeah, that's Next one. The Piss Wasp. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) They're quite kind of similar, actually, because they suck piss out of you for nutrients. What? Um, what, Do they have to sting you in the balls? surely, Surely that's fine. Just keep a couple piss wasps on you, and then... If you can just plug them into you when you need a piss because you're not going to Yeah, actually, that would be kind of handy for in the dungeon, wouldn't it? Mm. Imagine that. You're just like, in a sticky situation, don't want to soil yourself. Just be like, ah, oh, here you go, mate. Yeah, so actually befriend a piss wasp. Yeah, you're taking a piss. Going to take a piss. Taking a piss, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's this is this one. You're going to like this one, mate. A psychotic mace knight. <laughs> nice. That sounds awesome. So they eat it the mushrooms sound. off the backs of these horrific creatures called psychotropic crawlers, <laughs> and uh, then they basically can't remember who their mates are and just mace anyone in sight. Uh, anyway, Ooh, what drugged out night? Yeah. So his weapon has this really cool effect. So you know how in D and D or Pathfinder you have an effect attached to a weapon. Say, mm-hmm. say like D ten plus fire damage or mm-hmm. D six plus poison damage. Yeah. Well, his psilocybin mace does D twelve plus two plus high as fuck damage. <laughs> that is literally as it's written in the book. <laughs> high as fuck, high as fuck <laughs> damage. Um. However. There was one I wanted to show you, right? Because uh, we've we've praised the artwork. I mean, have a look in the uh, in in the Pleasures and Pestilence Monster Manual, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm going to do now. Because the artwork in there, every single monster has a piece of artwork attached, and every single one is spectacular. Mm. But there's just dicks <laughs> all over the place. Oh, there's no dick there, thank God. No, but the ones oh, that the, the ones that don't that aren't porn are are good I mean even the ones that are porn are so well drawn she got creepy crawly arms oh yeah yeah but but the thing is they're so well drawn but I wish this artist did some... <laughs> oh no oh no oh, which God. one which one have you seen the first it's just a bloke it's, that, that's not even dick. that's not even an enemy that's just a man with a penis out I take it they have no armour class um, Consider most of them are naked. Yeah, I mean, there's one that's just yeah, there's one awesome. that's just that's an, really a naked bloke with an axe, and he's wearing shoulder guards. And I'm like, why you even got those on, mate? Yeah, 
Like, because that's not going to do you any good. If you're in a fight and you're basically naked except for shoulder guards, you're you might as well mate. not have those in, on. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to get hit in the body. <laughs> yeah, totally. The fuck? Hey, this, Scales. Hey, not going to lie, this artwork is pretty banging, isn't it? You it know what? A, it's, it's simplistic, but very well done. Yeah, you're, oh, oh, there, there it is. Go. There's the wang. Not it's hard, that one. Dick out again. Yeah, so, so there's, a lot, there's a lot of yet. dicks. There's a lot of dicks, but none more than one I wanted to show you, right? <laughs> this there, there's, a, there's an enemy called a GIF. Right now, now a GIF is usually uh, a type of image. Yeah. Right, and this this is also a type of image, but um, yeah, I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let the image speak for itself because this is GIF. This is one of the main main enemies, and this is one that he really likes to push in all the books. He loves this one. I want you to describe what you see. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> it's basically like a mutated giant formed of. Um, many eyes, appendages, women's orgasm faces, and basically his body is having sex with itself. I've seen the best one. And so, yeah, it's got what's dick it? for a pinky. But, no, yes. What about the left arm? Oh it's my all God. dick. He's got right. His left eyebrow, a penis is coming out. Massive of it. penis coming out. His of right it. cheek. He's got a girl who looks like she's being pleasured, and then to her lower left jawline is. Uh, another girl face in numerous amounts of nipple I mean the left arm look at his belly button it's actually someone having sex yeah and his left arm is an entire penis and his as left well. arm is it's, just one giant penis and, and, with um, more penises I don't get it right? and also so, if you've got if you've got a monster why call it gif I thought when I saw that page right and it's just got the word gif written on it I thought there was a missing yeah, image yeah accident <laughs> yeah um do you yeah. reckon? Do you reckon Leo, I'd, I'd like if can I'd, we close that page now, yeah James? I'll, I'll, oh, I'll I'll just, too much of gif I, I just realised something go on uh, the vagina. Oh yeah, yeah. There's oh, vaginas there's bit, too. There's a bit of anal going on on the shoulder. Oh, there is. <laughs> oh, it's the old anal shoulder. Old anal, anal shoulder. shoulder. Checking the artist was like, "What is this shit?" When he was getting commissioned, like, Mate, no. But the thing is, there's so much artwork in these books. I reckon the the artist was just like, "Well, I'm getting paid an absolute <laughs> bomb here. So I'm gonna I dick the fuck out of these pictures." Yeah, maybe they were bored and they just got a bit carried away with drawing. Who uh, doesn't little... like drawing a penis? Or he yeah. might, or he might have been on commission for knobs. The more wangs you get, the more money you get. Yeah. <laughs> so when he when he drew GIF, he probably got a million quid for that one <laughs> yeah um, if that come running at me in a dungeon I would cack my pants there's no t- can you imagine the noise it must be I'd end, I'd end the game yeah I mean to be honest that the gif is the reason the X card exists <laughs> what do you yeah. mean um, the X card is like a thing that you can put play in a game when you want when you want somebody to stop because it makes you feel uncomfortable oh like a safe word yeah yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> so gif comes out and everyone's like uh Eagles, Eagles, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Shade down. Oh my goodness. All right. Um. Anyway, that was that was actually. I think it's in the the monster manual thingy as well. But um, that was in the player's handbook. But um. Anyway, I'll be quick with this. Uh, don't buy the player's handbook. It's a waste of fucking money. When they when they um uh sell these books, they play they sell it as the two main campaigns and then the monster manual. Um. So don't don't bother. Don't bother with the player's handbook because that you buy that separately. Um, so if this whole thing sounds like your cup of tea and why the fuck would it um, don't get it because it literally consists of a few pages of information that the players shouldn't really know anyway um, until they've encountered it in the game such as information on certain monsters and the final boss of the first arc and then a 50 page side quest which is for the DM anyway so maybe if uh, get it if you want that but this book this book basically is not for players okay. and so it's really not sold as part of the main bundle anyway so yeah i mean uh i guess the last thing to talk about is uh 
the books and the quality of the art, but we've kind of gone over that really. Um, books are sized stupidly. <laughs> Artwork is great, apart from too many dicks. But uh, yeah, I mean, as a campaign supplement, don't get it. No, ever. It's a waste of money. Uh, they're, they're they're poorly written. I and I I suspect. I don't think Justin Saroy is a role player either. Um, if you no, look at his not. Kickstarter, mm. he says something along the lines of, um, "I've had an absolute blast writing these." Uh, sorry, that's a really offensive impression, but fuck it, I'm going to carry on. <laughs> he, he's like, "I had an absolute blast writing these, man," and uh, I just want to say this community is just fucking awesome. And um, that it sounds like he's never witnessed the community before. Do you Until know what I mean? he wrote this book, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I don't think he's he's role played before, and I don't think he's ever written for RPGs before. And uh, this book stinks of that. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, um, you said uh, of oh, if if you if this entices you and want to purchase it right if this entices you and you want to purchase it stop listening to our podcast we don't want you as listeners <laughs> James what that is uh, a sweeping statement young man no do do listen we really need the listens but, um, but just... if you're into this fuck off <laughs> no. I could be into this Nick. Uh, Nick Nick fuck off then it's so badly written I'm joking I'm joking no I, not, the thing is the he's, thing got, is, he's got a semi going the way, he, the way he put it <laughs> the, the thing about it is is, is that um, Justin also is a really nice dude so I feel a bit bad about it but the thing is I've just got to be honest it is fucking terrible and he said that it's got a lot of heart in it and I think but that's the thing is I think that's all it's got he loved that character he loved that character of Hannah but yeah. the thing is I, I, I would say maybe she would be good in another story but even that's not true she's a badly written character in a badly written yeah. RPG campaign it should have just, this should have just been a story because no but even to. that would have been shit yeah. I was thinking about that because when I was reading it I was thinking if the PCs weren't there would this be a good story and the answer is no because the, it literally is an RPG um campaign consisting of one puzzle over and over again and that is don't look at the mirror yeah and you could do that by shutting your eyes shutting your eyes <laughs> yeah That's just it. put some shades on man <laughs> get, get, get one of those blind sticks and go through the entire dungeon done. yeah done Jump. and apparently you can smash mirrors even though you can't apparently. even though you can't but you can you can, can after can, page can. 52 right hmm so, uh, yeah, Nick, how about you? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. No, I st- <laughs> Some of it annoys me. It's like the whole thing about, you know, you can just use Hannah as an object. That's just ridiculous. That's just... what. How, how, do you, how can you... As someone who loves roleplay, how do you roleplay it out? Come on, Hannah. I know we've got to go through one more dungeon, but come on, my HP's low. Mm. Is she like, eh, no. Or, okay. You can't send me off. It's weird, isn't it? Hannah, something I've gone beast. Uh, roll for roll for blowjob, you know. Yeah, yeah, and the one thing is, is that as well is that he um, he says uh, that when you come up against mirrors, you're supposed to seduce them, right? <laughs> when you come up against mirrors, oh, very good. <laughs> no, you're supposed to seduce them, right? But if you don't like doing that and it makes you uncomfortable, so like if you if the players don't want to engage in sexual acts with each other constantly in front of mirrors because that's the only puzzle. Um, then you don't can, play the game. You no, know, yeah, <laughs> don't play the game, or you can use the book that you found earlier. Yeah. Right, and that consists only of... Oh, si- yeah. it, 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 uses, it consists of six images. So why are the bandits getting in? Why are the bandits drawing dirty images? Uh, because... Uh, Mira bar- told them to. I, no, the um, he's just he's just a sicko. That's it. There's nothing well, more complicated. When I go out banditing, I like to take pictures of myself. Fucking people with no arms. No, he he. Those are things he actually did. Yeah, and he was just a sicko. That was literally it. Apparently, okay. I don't know. It's, it's Dirty well, at least I tell you what. At least there is 
It's for some reason, the use for that book. Eh? But what's the redeeming feature of this, though? I can't put my finger on it. Oh, it's the it's the artwork. The artwork. Then, yeah, there are some. En- I think there are some enemies in that I would use. There's there's yeah. an incense night that is really good. Um, I'd like to throw GIF at people just for a laugh. You know what? I might put GIF in Solomon Kane. Yeah, you know. Oh, but you need to see GIF. If, so if you're gonna buy this book, <laughs> okay. just buy it for GIF. If yeah. You, just right. get get the monster manual because that is actually worth your money. Yeah. Because even though there's a lot of cock things in there, um, the ones that aren't are actually fucking cool. Yeah. And there's, and, there's a lady with te- centipede arms. I mean, yeah. come on, that's pretty cool. And the psilocybin yeah. night. Yeah. doing the highest fuck damage on people <laughs> yeah. I mean come on and he's obviously like, hey man come here so I can bash you yeah that, bu- that book like, I'm so high <laughs> okay so we found it then best thing about this whole thing the monster manual yeah that's worth your money grab that because that is actually alright I mean it, it, you you, it, and it, actually to be fair if you want if you want a few cock enemies in your game fuck it who cares go for it yeah <laughs> No, so, yeah. it'll, it'll be funny in the in the in the in the correct setting. The correct yeah, company. Actually, I mean, you how s- do you sell that to your group though? If you're like, see, like we're best mates and we play every week, so we know each yeah. other really well. Say you've got a, 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 I don't know, a group that's more, I don't know, acquaintances or whatever, and you guys are open to new books and I'm stuff. Sure you how can. do you drop that on the table? Yeah, well, it's got to be it's got to be a group of um, swinger type people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've got to be a group of people who, uh, or like, if you're bored with erotic fantasy. Perverts. Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> perverts. Oh, perverts. Um, all right, so let's let's look at it this way then. So fatal, being fatal, we all know about fatal. No, nobody right. would ever play that. But let, look, I was thinking about the same the same thing with the book of erotic fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a person on the planet that like a normal group. Of, uh, oh, I don't want to say normal, but like there's not a a group of like regular dudes like us who who are just mates that would play it. But let's say, for instance, it was like a husband and wife group and then another husband and wife group and oh, they yeah. were all swingers. And a few bottles of wine. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Gotcha. And you, might, gotcha. you might play this and go, hey, I know we've been playing D&D for a while, but uh, we've got, we got this game. You slap GIF on the table and then, and then suddenly all like, their, their, their cheeks are hot and up. And <laughs> in, a mirror, in a mirrored room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. That's the only situation. Okay, that's we, found, we found this target market. But I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people on, on Google Plus, right, when he posted this, because he recently did a sale of these books, and loads of people were like, I've got mine, and I, I literally saw a guy post on there, I sleep with mine. Well, And I was like, I bet he's got salty pages. <laughs> yeah. His could definitely pass through a mirror. <laughs> All right, well, that's beneath the inverted church, everyone. No, it's beneath the inverted church, everyone. So AKA Cockfest. That's Cockfest, everybody. So, uh, yeah, I hope that gives you, um, gives you some uh, idea as to whether or not you want to buy that game. But, yeah, get, grab the Monster Manual because that is actually worth your time. Yeah. And, totally. uh, and that's basically it. So, next up, we are going to move on and we are going to get into some uh, game design guys. We got ideas that come in out the wazoo So we'll talk about them now and give them to you That's what this segment is We come up with new games Like, I don't know, The Hunger James People with the same name in an arena fight to the death As ideas go, it's not one of my best The segment's called The Game Design Guys Best idea gets a game design prize we have realised that we are the most talented game designers on the planet. We're the greatest. I mean, that would be boastful, but it's just a, f- a fact, isn't it's it? It's just a fact. Our genius fact. knows no bounds. Exactly, because Gary Gygax, right, he called me from beyond the grave and he told me uh, that I'm the best and he learned from me, mm-hmm. right? And how is that even possible, you say, because he was born uh, way long before me and you well, figure fuck that out. you That's is what I tell you. Yeah, exactly. Um, fact. Fact. All right. So um, the, the thing is, what we're going to do now is we're going to impart our game knowledge yep. on you. All right, and uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to give give you some ideas. Copyright. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. Okay, trademark. Trademark. Right. So here. Um, here we go. Right. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one straight off the top of the dome. Right. I didn't even rehearse this. Didn't even write it down. Right. It's Dungeons and Dungeons. Okay. <laughs> you play as a a dungeon <laughs> yeah. exploring dungeons. <laughs> Okay, and you could be any type of dungeon, right? You could be a cave, <laughs> yeah. Right, you could be a stony dungeon, right? You can be an outdoor dungeon, even. What? How does that work? Well, <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter, right? Because it's dungeons and dungeons. Exactly. Yeah. So then you go and explore other dungeons. You go inside them, and it, it sounds sexy, but it's not, right? So get out of the gutter, and then while you're in there, another dungeon might be in you exploring you, or some adventurers, <laughs> and you need to make sure you're setting off the traps at the right time and getting loot from other dungeons. Exactly, it's put inside your dungeon. Right, and you need to design yourself properly to kill the the guys that are inside you, and you need to be role-playing at the same time. Dungeons mm. and Dungeons. Coming to a store near you, copyright trademark. Yep. Awesome. How about you, James? Right, my one's called uh, Three Little Piggies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Uh, don't laugh yet. Let me explain it before you hash out this. Right. <laughs> So the idea is obviously the story of um, you know who's the big bag big bag wolf Me, and he's uh, blowing the house down <laughs> yeah doing that, but what what it is is you're the players and you have to come and save the pigs. Now they're caught in this weird time loop, so they're consistently having the wolf knock on their house and blow them down, etc. As it goes, but um, you as the players come into it because they're caught in the time loop and it's destroying them. And you you're the aim is to save them. Um, but each time the uh, time resets, obviously you're going to suffer like I don't know fatigue, stress, something mm-hmm. to sort of mess you up. So you only have a, a limited amount of time to to save them. But right. pretty much you just you just need to save the pigs. Okay. Save the pigs from the big bad wolf. So is this sort of set in the future? Time time travel. Uh, it's not high sci fi. It's, it's set where so the pi- the pigs are perhaps um, they're like drug addicts. Yeah. And, and the them. wolf is a it drugs. It's drugs. Because <laughs> it's the future. Well, this has changed. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> a drug addict in the future. Because everyone in the future does drugs. Duh. What? what? Electro. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just doing game design. I'm just designing. We're just game designing. We're in the lab. Wait, it's my design. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forget. I forget who's is what sometimes. <laughs> so why are they stuck in a time loop? Well, that's it. You need to figure it out. Save them uh, first. Yeah. You're, okay. You, you turn up. You're there, and then. Uh, Who are you? Who are you? You're just. You're not the pig. Probably a drug addict. I'm assuming. <laughs> Looking for a hit. No, you're. You're a group of players who are helping. You need to get hit a wolf. <laughs> yeah. You get hit on that tasty wolf. Blow me, motherfucker. Well, um, it's a bizarre idea, but um, fuck it. Why not? Why um, not? Nick, you. You're up. Uh, yeah, so mine's called. I bet it's better yours is to do drugs. You filthy drug no, addict. No, quite, quite right. the opposite. My my game's called um, Bundles of Fundums, and um, <laughs> and uh, it's a bit like Dungeons, but the complete polar opposite, being so obnoxiously sweet and lovely, it's actually quite hard to get through them. So rather than dank, dingy dungeons, it's all pink, fluffy, and loveliness. Oh, and uh, it's 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 more of a Cthulhu S type game of how much sanity you can keep going with the the, the the sickening amount of loveliness do you have uh, just, it should be like a candy or something like that and then you can have sugar rushes yeah you can have sugar rushes I oh, mean right, the so big boss is a marshmallow come out with diabetes so yeah. it's like the opposite so it's like the opposite of, of Cthulhu so every time you see something cute yeah. you have to roll a um, <laughs> like a fundums roll exactly otherwise you just lose it and you're like ah! 
<laughs> in a really nice way. You know, like yeah. you a really good video on you YouTube start, of a cat you, or something. You cry your eyes out with, yeah. with oh my happiness. God. Exactly. By the end of it, you want to be physically sick. So what would be so the nice. equivalent of like, you know, in, in um, Cthulhu when you roll sanity yep. and then you have to, you, you like, I don't know, no, go literally. crazy. Go, it, go it crazy. No, 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 no. I know that. But like, you know, when you roll sanity and then you, there's like the sanity effects. Yeah, what would be so, a fundum effect? So a fundum effect would be like, um, if you roll badly and it's like everyone needs a brew, you'd be like, you know what? We all need a nice cup of tea. And it don't matter how far the nearest <laughs> bit of tea is, you have to travel out there, find a cup of tea, come back with a Have a brew. slice of cake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know. Or you uh, might start squealing, rolling on the floor. Exactly, yeah. You might get giggle fits. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. You might oh. just want to hug everyone. Yeah, exactly. Big Boss comes out. It's a fluffy marshmallow with like a face of a cat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just obnoxiously sweet. Oh, God, um, I can imagine the cover and the book has got like, it's actually got like a fluffy book. Yeah, yeah. An actual <laughs> yeah, yeah, high quality yeah. hardback, but it's actually just pink fluff love it oh, there you go oh, yeah oh man fundums or fundums that's a really good idea that's a really good idea well, yeah thanks that's awesome. Well done. So that's good, man. So we got we got bundles of fundums, dungeons and dungeons. <laughs> and three little piggies. And three little piggies. The game for drug addicts. <laughs> I don't know why that why I even said that, but yeah, awesome. Well done, guys. competition we've got a competition so yeah well actually we have because this time we are giving away a saga of the goblin horde hardcover color copy now the reason we are giving this away is because we uh love this setting and it is our favorite Mm -hmm. setting for savage worlds it is an amazing setting where you play as goblins doing absolutely crazy shit, right? Yeah. And this is amazing. We love this setting. It is one of the best settings ever mm-hmm. made. and Made by genius. Made by genius, Richard Walcock. And we want to give this away. So yeah. we're going to do, because it's a very special setting, we want to do a very special competition. And oh, cons- very special. Exactly. <laughs> very special. And because we've done a sexy episode... We want to do a sexy competition. Yeah. So, what we were going to do for this is um, all you need to do to win this is to send in your erotic goblin art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be as good or bad as you want. We're not going to give as points. detailed or not detailed, right? Yeah. But erotic is the key word here. Exactly. And erotic being a loose term, it can be lewd or it can be romantic. It can be a bit classy. Exactly. You can have two goblins sitting down for a fine dinner, yep. or you can have two goblins. Fucking a candle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. But we're going to give points for originality. We, yeah. do, you know, it doesn't matter if you're good at drawing or bad at drawing, but send your artworks into tabletoptwats at gmail.com and the winner will win this book. We will send this to anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, submission date needs to be done by when? When should we give them? Uh, we'll give it. We'll give it. We'll give them a month. Yeah, let's from, give them a month. From, from the release of this episode. Yeah, you got yep. a month. You got one month from the release date of this episode. Um, in addition to that, uh, actually, no, there was one country I won't send this to. Where? Romania. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not going to explain that. <laughs> I'll All leave right. that there. All right. I'm going to leave that there. All right. Because. <laughs> Nice. Get load of angry got, got some got some history with that place. <laughs> right, me and Romania fell out. <laughs> yeah, we had we got some we got some I got some dealings with a mafia. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> so please do send your uh, amazing drawings. Yep. in. Uh, we can't wait to see them. Tabletoptwats at gmail.com Yep, send them over and we will have a little look at them. And you've got a month to do so. Video game gazebo. It's a segment that we rarely do. 
Cause it's the video game gazebo Let's talk about some video games too Video game gazebo It's a segment that we rarely do Cause it's the video game gazebo RPG related games only Welcome guys this is the segment that we do so infrequently that I forgot it even existed. But this is the video game gazebo. Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be really fucking quick with this one, guys, because we got fucking... Uh, we're talking about Planescape fucking torment. Oh, yeah. Planescape. Ah, yeah, no. Computer game, is it? Yeah, it's a fucking... I can't even fucking find a fucking game. <laughs> Trying to fucking find it. So I'm a fucking chef. <laughs> Have you put it somewhere for so fucking keep and knocked the fucking microphone, didn't I? I can't fucking find a fucking game. <laughs> My name's Alan Rickman, and I'm Jen. No, wait. My name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm Alan. No, no, I'm the real Alan Rickman. No, wait. I'm Alan Rickman. <laughs> but I'm not. No, wait. No, what? But no, I'm Alan Rickman. No, shush. I'm. La- Tabletop twat. Planescape Torment, I've been playing recently, right? So this is a game set in the D&D universe, right? But it is in Planescape. So Planescape is, um, for those that don't know, a sort of, uh, is a game set on uh, a bunch of planes. So essentially what this is, is like, um, like you have the plane of law which uh, or the plane of chaos and things like this so um these are these are planes that represent all the different alignments in D D. uh-huh and nice. so um say for example if you're on the neutral plane everyone there acts uh, with neutrality and <laughs> don't if, know don't care yeah <laughs> and <laughs> if if somebody does something that that is is not neutral like let's say somebody does something lawful that plane will move Closer towards the lawful plane. Oh right, and that's basically how it works. You you are this. Uh, so so you wake on in in a big fucking mortuary, right, where um, loads of dead bodies are, and you have no memory of why you're there. And this is in sigil, which is like at the centre of all of this. Mm-hmm. And this skull starts speaking to you. This guy called Morte, and he's like. This like guy with a New York accent, and he's fucking awesome. Really great character, and you're the nameless one. You don't know why you're there, and you're in the middle of fucking Planescape, and you've got to try and track down all of your old memories. Cool. Now the funny thing about all of this, um, the the really cool thing about this game is it's all about um, dealing with past iterations of yourself and things like this, and you kind of track down uh, sort of things that you've done and learn that although you you're a good guy now that the previous version of yourself was not very nice okay. at all it's really 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 amazing the gameplay of the game pretty much other than fighting which doesn't happen that often hmm. and you can avoid it for the most part the gameplay is literally talking to people and role-playing and nice. that's why we're talking about it now. Yeah, nice. It is literally just talking to people. And I played a character with a very, very high charisma and intelligence. And literally all I did throughout the whole game was pick conversation options. Nice. And it is an utterly, utterly, utterly incredible game that I, I think every single person should play. If you're into the Planescape setting, which we played a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah, that's awesome. um, you should absolutely pick this up because it is an incredible, incredible game. Um, like one of the very, very early twists, and this is a spoiler, but it's not a massive spoiler. One of the very, very early twists in the game is that um, at some point you go and get your, but you, you, you get more of the tattoos on your body. These tattoos have like all these instructions on them and you go and get them reinterpreted. 
and it, one of them says, even though this guy has been immensely, immensely helpful to you, hmm. you uh, it, it says, um, don't trust the skull. And the skull has been like your mate this whole time, Morte. And the funny thing is, is that you tattooed that upon yourself. So it's like, okay, it says don't trust the skull, but you know the skull has been helpful to you. And also you know that your past self was a prick. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do you trust the fact that it says don't trust the skull when you know that your past self was a bellend? Or yeah. do you... That makes it difficult, yeah. doesn't it? It's like conflict of yourself. The whole game is is typified by moments like that, and it's just this amazing thing set in one of the deepest, deepest settings, and it's probably one of the best video game stories ever told. And it, all it is is talking to people and mm. all these really, really interesting characters. So yeah, if you want a game that's proper role playing and yeah, just playing this fucking strange character and because my character was not a fighter pretty much every uh, important encounter in the game uh, I just ran past them nice so, yeah. <laughs> it was literally awesome. what you guys do in foreign yeah. beggars yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, like yeah there was this really amazing bit where you have to go um, uh, to this this underground uh, uh, area and there's these sort of uh, there's like a legion of undead people that are living in this sewer worshipping like this guy who's been dead for like 100 years or something and um, literally the, I, I really wound all of them up by accident and um, uh, there's a point where you have to go and get one of their skulls yeah. and so I had to uh, kill one of them but there was about 50 of them in my way and I'd pissed them all off and I was like oh fucking I'll have to go down there again and um, so, so I, I went down there and I had to kill one of them and all I did was run past everyone just stab the the, the person whose skull I needed and then run back past everyone else <laughs> so I was just like alright me again and then ran back past again I was like fucking hell but the cool thing is is that because um, your character basically uh, it's written into the story that he can die um, over and over again and you just wake up at the nearest spawn point kind of thing it's usually the mortuary or somebody's house or something mm-hmm. like this um, yeah he just dies all the time and you'll basically wake up and he's like oh my head hurts or something like this <laughs> nice. it's kind of cool so um, a lot of times what I would do is I would try to run past get killed die wake up nearby and he'd be like oh I did one really hurt and then he'd just run back past <laughs> Let's again go, here we go again it's, it's, yeah it's a really Wicked. really great game like an incredible story so I would, I would recommend anyone with a PC check it out mm-hmm. um, a lot of people I heard say that the controls are very 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 janky and uh, find it difficult to get into but yeah if you have any interest in Planescape and want to play a really deep story that it's basically the best way to play a game of D&D without a DM play this fucking game sweet nice check that out in the future you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet this is the future this is the electro letter so this is the Electro Letters where we interpret your emails from around the internet. Yes. And the first one comes in... From absolutely gigantic Jeffrey. And that name will make sense in a minute. He says, Twats, kindly don't use my name or email address on this email. So that's a name I've made up. Feel free to make one up. Some of my group mates listen to the podcast and I'd like advice without having to air out dirty laundry in a public place. Ooh. Have any of you ever suffered from group fatigue or role-playing fatigue, where part of you enjoys gaming and wants to keep playing, but when you're actually playing the game, it feels exhausting? 
I've been having issues with this, where everyone I'm playing with is a very close friend, and most of them seem to be having a great time, but I'm not really having fun. I'm at the point where I'm thinking of trying to find a different group because I'm just not enjoying playing with my group anymore. Part of this might be that my group recently went from four people to seven. Well, well. And part of it might be that I just don't have the stamina to sit through the 10 to 14 hour sessions what? that our GM runs. What? Also, what? our campaigns can last as long as two years playing every other week. What? How do you manage fatigue either with your group like this or through getting or getting through a game that you aren't enjoying? Thanks for keeping up the content. It's always a pleasure to listen to your episodes. Twats is love. Twats is life. Oh, I like that. I love that ending. That's nice. You signed that off perfectly. I read this when it came into into the inbox. And That's very like, nice. We have to, might have to pinch that as a uh, tagline. Yeah, you, man. You know what? Um, I, I think I've definitely... I, I don't think I've had fatigue where I've not enjoyed playing with you guys. Yeah. Um, which I'm only saying that because you're here, obviously. <laughs> um, but no, I, the thing is, I, I've never really had that because... Um, the thing about it is, is that I, I've definitely had fatigue where I've had too much on my plate mm-hmm. because there was a time where I was GMing uh, the Kings of Convenience over on the Wild Die, yeah. GMing the Foreign Beggars game, yeah. GMing um, uh, Solomon Kane <laughs> as well, and uh, also going to Owen's group yeah. as well. So I had four. Uh, there were times where I had four games in a week going and on. the playtest. Oh, yeah, and Wise Guys as mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, some weeks I had five games a week going on. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, when it came to trying to do my uh, Solomon Kane game and drawing all the maps, I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, and it was it was, it was was just ridiculous. And, like, with the fatigue, I mean, as for how I manage it, I was just like, well, I've got to do it, mate. And that, that was literally it. And that's yeah. the annoying thing. But that's different, though, isn't it? Because he's part of the game, yeah? And he's he's a player. Mm, I, um, yeah, I've, I, it, I don't know obviously it's how you do it right so every couple of weeks you meet up for an entire day session because that's what you do 10 to 14 hours 14 yeah? that's, that's I pretty, think that's the problem right yeah, yeah I was going to say too long just why don't you shorten the sessions and then just make them more frequent Mm. Mate, and the thing is not being funny if you're banging out 14 hours every other week and that campaign's been going on for two fucking years Jesus uh, play site no play site no as well yeah something new 14 hours of sand campaign for two years I think that would drive you, me a bit crazy if so. you're if, if you're still going to meet up and, and meet up and role play for a day right stop the two stop the one session and break it into two or, yeah and then have two simultaneous sessions on two different systems yeah but then if he's not the one running it and it's at a mate's house then it's not it's up not as easy idea. as doing that yeah because it? It, it's it's up to okay, the suggest it well it's a tough yeah. one because obviously if there's nothing wrong with the group dyma- dynamic and obviously he gets on really well with his mates and they and, and the group is a close bunch of friends then you know there's no reason why they can't have an open discussion but it might be that the rest of the party are, are loving it but which is a shame because maybe it's not a good fit anymore but yeah, I mean, the easiest advice would be, yeah, shorten the games. But then I, I would also say it, I don't think it's um, completely unfair just to just to take a week out and be like, you know what, mate, I'm not feeling it this week. Or, yeah, or just, yeah, it's true. Because the thing is, I think if your mates are your mates, they would understand. Yeah, of course. But imagine how much content you would miss in a bloody 14-hour session. session. Yeah. You would feel like you've missed out on everything. So, uh, I mean, that's... We only... We tend to play four to five-hour games and it would be like when... If somebody's missed one, you can catch them up. Yeah, quickly. totally. You can give them a phone call and mm-hmm. be like, "Yo, uh, this this happened, this happened, this happened." If you played, a, if you missed a fourteen-hour session, you'd be like, "Why the fuck are we in this different yeah. continent?" 
Your character died. Um, we made you a new one, and he died as well. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a long old slog. I think by about hour nine, I'll be like, I don't care. Let's yeah. just go. It depends. Forward. I mean, you know, I've done an eight-hour session um, with uh, Harrison when we played Lankmar. And that's that, two separate games, though, wasn't it? But we continued our players. So we, yeah, and that was a one-off. So you can get behind that if you know what I mean. I don't know. It's just for two years, fourteen hours every other week for two years. I just think they'd be better off doing every week and half that amount. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Fuck. fuck that's that. commitment. I've got to say, I, I, I would. Think... I would love to play some fourteen-hour sessions. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's times you, you do. You would have to. You have to have a day off every now and then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I reckon fatigue-wise. Um, just be honest as well with your group and just say, just no, just do that. Just yeah, be just be like, like it's too long. I'm for some reason I'm i don't feel like I'm enjoying it that much. So. Do you think it's the game he's everyone... getting bored with? Well, well my, but... my brother t- took a um where, when he was when he was feeling a bit bit uh, like fatigued. He, he took a, he took a campaign out. Yeah. See so if yeah. his if his last two years maybe he could take an arc of it out. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. be like fuck fuck this shit. I'll see I'm you guys ba- in the next country. Was, yeah, see you guys in the next country. I'm yeah. bouncing, motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And maybe speak to the DM and be like, you know what? Can my character be out of this until a point where, like, for a couple of months, and and then come back maybe when there's the you, there's like a decent story point, and yeah. and then do your DM will usually be like, you know what? Actually, here's here's is I was thinking maybe the guys are probably going to get to a point where blah blah, and then uh, this this will happen. And maybe once they've killed this boss, your character could come back. Maybe even he comes in during the final fight. He swings in through the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you, you work it out, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And he, he, your GM will usually like you because he'll he'll be like, yeah, that's a good point. Gives me because something to work it, with. Yeah, yeah, gives me a cool a cool entrance for mm-hmm. your character. So yeah, I think I think that's a, a really good idea. Yeah, um, totally. But uh, in addition to that, we have another question in from Shogun Pumba from the uh, Dem Drunk Blokes podcast. Yes. And he says, what is your favourite drink while playing? Beer. 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 Uh, I, take, I, I normally drink a single Strongbow dark fruit. <laughs> yeah, because Nick usually has to drive to the games. So he usually has one single cider. And yep. a Strongbow for... Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, do they have Strongbow in America? Uh, no idea. Doubtful. Well, anyway, it's a cider. And he usually has the dark fruits flavoured ones. It's like a Ribena one. Yeah, it literally tastes like... Uh, oh, do they have squash in America? <laughs> <laughs> Diluting juice. Yeah, of course they do. Diluting juice. <laughs> Cordial. 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 Get the diluting juice. <laughs> There's a raccoon in the yard. There's a snake in my boot. All right. Oh, uh, Woody. Good. Good. Classic. Um, yeah, so, I mean, well, yeah, if it's in my house, wherever I get my hands on, mate. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you what, I've been, I've been drinking beer. I've been drinking a lot of beer. Red wine. Drunk a bottle of wine last session. Yeah, I spent I, a lot of it standing up, swaggering, yeah, no. which was good. I know. <laughs> I've been. I drank an entire bottle of wine, and I was. I was doing a lot of gesticulating. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> the thing is, I've been. Um, I've, I've had to switch to wine because I've been getting fat. Yeah. So I know, mate. Ah, oh. that was. A, do you know what? That was a great session, though. You could tell you was really enjoying yourself as well. Like, I was, mate. Yeah. That's the thing is, is that that, that wine it was really going to my head. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm used to the effects of wine because I've been drinking it often. Wine's like an uppercut, isn't it? It's like you know, <laughs> with, with, with with beer, it's like you know, steady shots to the belly, and you kind of know where you stand with beer. Whereas wine, you just have you know that one too many glasses <laughs> straight in your edge. You're like Whoa. that's what it was like, man. I was yeah. really getting into that sesh. Yeah. No, yeah. me too, mate. Sorry about that. No, I loved it. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. And then Shogun follows up with. Uh, 
what drinks go best with what games? Oh, we've got a good answer for this one. Yeah, yeah, because during Vampire... Yes, red wine. We, we only I'm drinking had... red drinks. Oh, red drinks, yeah. Yeah, red drinks for Vampire. So there's your dark fruits, that's acceptable. That's exactly it, but yeah. if a character dies, whiskey... That's, that's yeah. Our, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we break out the good stuff if a if a if a character if dies. If a character dies, you have to do at least a shot of whiskey to mourn mourn your death. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. 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 But um, that could be fun though. If you're playing a game like um, I don't know, The Desperate Housewives of America, and everyone's got to sit there drinking prosecco all night, that'd be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but are there any other are there any other games that, that like where you could think of like a. a drink that goes with a specific game like obviously ale and D&D yes that's that's, that's a good one yeah in a metal glass metal glass what's that <laughs> metal, metal glass <laughs> um, what else would go good so something sci-fi shadow run what would be a good shadow run drink you'd have to get drink and then like use like, like purple Jew. dye or something Fucking yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. make it some crazy colour highly caffeinated drinks yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. be a Jaeger bomb a Jaeger bomb with, with shadow run <laughs> yeah yeah and then if you're playing East Texas University and Moonshine yeah if you're playing beneath the inverted church I suppose Viagra <laughs> come <laughs> stained salty water oh god <laughs> so the final question comes in from Jason Connolly hey, he's Jason. back yes Jason 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 when running a convention game of Savage Worlds with a mix of new and old players how do you approach it how about all new players? Do you take 15 minutes to go over rules or to keep things going? Do you give them a brief narrative overview of their character and tell them what they do or do you just tell them what to roll? Tell them what to roll in the end. And I think you, you have done it. You, uh, I've been privy to it, a game where there's a newbie like Katie, for instance. You literally said, this is your character. This is basically what their background is. There's a short background on them there, but mm. I'll also flesh it out for you like this. So they would tend to act in this way because of how they are. Now, we're going to start role-playing. Just tell me what you want to do, and then I'll tell you how to do it. Yeah, and often uh, one thing that I will do is uh, the way... I'll, I'll just have a quick description as well and just say, okay, read your your backstory uh, very quickly uh, or just skim-read it and uh, pay attention to your hindrances. Yeah. And in addition to this, I will say, okay, your attributes are what your character is and your skills are what they can do. Mm-hmm. And then and then that's a really easy way yeah. of just describing it to, to new players. Yeah. And then uh, just to go like over dice mechanics really quickly, I'll just say to players, if to new players, okay, the uh, because Savage Worlds is really easy like mm-hmm. this, you can just say, okay, this tells you the number of sides of what you need to roll. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And then, and then you just say, and always roll a d6 with, with it. it. Yeah, yeah and exactly. that's it. That's why Savage Worlds is so good for cons because that that's like that's about it. So we need to. Know, it's yeah. as quick as that to describe yeah. it to a new player, and then I'm like, all right, let's begin. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so really easy. But that is it for questions this time and emails and letters and all of that type of stuff. Carrier pigeon. Thank Car- you very much. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank good. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can. Contact us via email. No, what's that then? It's uh, it's email. Oh. And it's uh, tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Indeed. Yeah, or you can get on Twitter where we're at tabletoptwats. Or if Facebook's your thing. Yeah, then, go uh, on there, mate. Go over there. That's uh, tabletop T. But of course, you know, we don't have any money. 
<laughs> so so give us money <laughs> if you if you give us money if you like um go over to patreon.com forward slash tabletop twats and uh if yeah if you like the show then please uh do sing us about if you don't like a show then give that money to somebody else yeah or deserve yeah. it yeah. Or, or if you don't like the show, then why are you listening? Yeah, if you don't like the show, well, how have you what got you this doing? far into it? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. wrong with you? You're <laughs> a madman. Episode 36, you still hate the show. Yeah, you're still yeah. listening. Yeah. I don't, uh, honestly, seek help. It's because you like us, really. Yeah. And don't yeah. forget, um, Nerds International Community on G+. Yeah. Find us there. <laughs> Yeah, we got some announcements to make. James and I have been working on a dark ambient dungeon synth album with a bunch of really talented people, such as... Witches, wizards... Mm-hmm. Dungeon synth lords sing the classics. You may... Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Ah, <laughs> uh, such as... Dior Wegg. The Inquisitor. <laughs> Barvinger. They're dark lords. They're dark lords. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that some of these guys make incredible fucking music, and we should, uh, you should, you, we should, we should go and listen to this album because we made an album, right, under the pseudonym Gibdus. Gibdus, the dark lord who watches from beneath. Ooh. Hail Gibdus. Yes, and we made this album, and it's a fucking great album of ambient tunes that you can put on while you play your games. Dark tunes. Right, so go and listen to that. We'll put a link in the description. But in addition to that, we also want to do an announcement for. Savage Con. Savage Con. So what is Savage Con? Well, Savage Con, uh, I'm glad you asked, Nick. We are um, announcing it now, and it is a convention that we are running on the following dates. It's the 21st and 22nd of July, 2018. And the first one, uh, the first day is going to be in the Toby Calvary in Red Hill. Yes. And the second day is going to be in the Junction just around the corner. In Red Hill. In Red Hill. And what makes it so special, though? Well, it's a Savage Worlds convention run by us three. And also... Our friends. And it's the only Savage Worlds convention in the country. Exactly. Yeah. So if you are in this country or not in this country... Or come want al- to travel over. Yes, yeah. come over and you can come and meet us and play in a Savage Worlds convention. Yeah, boy. Bongo! So we'll put a link to a Facebook page at the bottom. In, in at the bottom, fucking hell. In the in the notes of this as well. So please give it a like. Yep. Check the events and then um, as things start happening, obviously there'll be updates. Momentum, yep. we'll, Momentum we'll put, will start building. Yeah. Exactly. We'll put all the links in your bottom. <laughs> Can't wait. We're still on the main subject. Uh, so yeah, Savage Con is happening. It's going to be fantastic. Sponsored by yours truly. Run by the tabletop twats and friends. Well, the penguins have made it. And they're going up against the Golden Knights. So that brings us to the end of another episode, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, what the hell are you going to do when you're not listening to this episode? Well, cry. Well, no, they'll be drawing pictures of lewd goblins. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, for <laughs> once, you've got something to do. But once you're done drawing your picture, you're going to need a little, a little mind food, a little something to keep you going, a little mm-hmm. something to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this time, I've, I've, I've got, it's not really a thought to dwell on All that right. I've got, but I've got more of like a tip. Nice. Nice. So yeah, this is just a little tip, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and this time I've got a tip for all our blind listeners out there, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you know, guide dogs can be hard to come by, and any dog can be a guide dog if you don't care where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the tip. I mean, it's not one of my best ones. <laughs> But, you know, at least one thing last to be said, right? And uh, the other day, right, I was down an alley, right? And uh, there was this, you know, I just go down alleys. Out, yeah. Sometimes I see an alley, attractive yeah. alley, I'll go down it. Fair enough. And um, there was this hobo down there, right? And she said to me, she said, uh, she, she she was like, what do you fucking want? And I said, 
just the sort of secret uh, to inner peace and eternal happiness in the form of an RPG and she turned round, right, because she was facing away, and I don't know why she was doing that, but she turned round and she showed me a mailed fist. She was wearing chainmail, and uh, she punched me in the face, and as she did so, right, I felt the eternal happiness that I've been searching for my entire life, and it was in the form of the following words. Chicken, Chicken Muck Bosh! Fuck off. <laughs> Chicken 